words are about to be spoken here on the extreme life of Matt Hardy, presented to you exclusively by Podcast Heat and adfreeshows.com. I, of course, am John Alba, joined as I am every single week by the broken one, the woken one, the spoken one himself, Mr. Matt Hardy, hitting all those greatest hits for you right now. What's up, buddy? How you doing this week? Uh, I am doing good, man. I am just uh, hanging out here in Stamford, Connecticut. Ooh, me, ironically, and uh, the old stomping grounds. That is uh, no kind of reference that I am here uh, dealing with WWE. This just happened to be where our hotel was after we were in Bridgeport, Connecticut last night. I mean, we're not going to see on ringside news. Matt Hardy alludes to secret meeting with WWE. No, just because I said Stanford, Connecticut, I'm at a hotel in Stanford, Connecticut. I'm sure we'll see something. They'll find a good way <laughs> to twist and turn and 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 put it into a clickbait headline. Matt Hardy in the mud with AEW seeking <laughs> WWE contract. Uh, okay, got it. Noted. Uh, I mean, was first it- almost, I got to get out of this damn Ethan Page firm contract, right? Uh, that is for sure. Boy, howdy. Dastardly man he is. He really is. But I got to give him credit. Dude's wrestling real well right now. He's got some momentum. Got to get credit where it's due. No doubt. No doubt. He does that Razor's Edge. I know you're a big Scott Hall guy. I don't know, he- man. I've been thinking about it too. You know, they, they strip me of the twist of fate. I can't do that anymore. It, and, and if I do do it, I'm, I'm fine. So I don't want to like give away money. I, I do appreciate my money. It's for my children. I don't want to give it away, but uh, I think I could still do the, I could do the ego's edge. You know, that's his finish. That, that, that might be something I'll, I'll you know, kind of lay in a little shot to him. That's, I feel like that's kind of what we're doing now. We're, we're both playing like mental chess, you know, trying to, you know, outmaneuver one another during this whole series. You know, sometimes, Sometimes I win, sometimes he wins. So it's going to be interesting what it ultimately leads to. Was there ever a finisher that you always wanted to do but never did? Someone else's? Like if you could steal someone else's finisher? Uh, I mean, I don't know if there's another finisher I would specifically want to do. I mean, but there's there's like a lot of cool different finishers that I think it would be fun to use. I mean, even like to use the Unprettier or the Stone Cold Stunner, you know, whatever it may be. I, I don't want to do any finisher where I have to jump off the top rope anymore. <laughs> I can tell you that. <laughs> Uh, my, my, my hips would never allow that, but no, I, uh, th- those are a couple moves, the unprettier and the, the, the stone cold stunner. I would, I'd be down with doing both of those. The side effect is basically a modified rock bottom anyway. So it's fine. You're doing, yeah, it's a little illusion. As we record this, as we record this yes. 26 years ago today, Dwayne made his WWE debut. How crazy is that? Oh, 26 years ago today says the net says the net. Isn't that crazy? The Rock with his little curly hair and fanny pack. Oh, yeah. I remember that day well. And he had the little tassels hanging down from the jacket. He had a little jacket around his top and little tassels hanging down. Coming out super-duper babyface. Yay! Cheer for me! I'm Rocky Maivia, your new hero. Boo! Die, Rocky, die! Die, Rocky, die! Die, Rocky, die! Die, Rocky, die! I remember when those chants like, uh, just were really amplified and just people could not stand him. But if you're getting a reaction, you're doing something right. You're connecting. Did you know that he had it from day one? I mean, he, he seemed like a, a special act. I mean, I, I don't think anybody, when he first debuted as Rocky Maivia, I don't think anyone really would have immediately thought he was going to become this huge right. Right. media star, The Rock, you know, with everything he's done. But but I think he was always gifted and always special and just uh, everything fell in the right path. And uh, he's literally like the biggest star in the world right now. One of the biggest stars in the world. He might make it someday, that kid. That kid. He, you know, 
He's a good kid. As long as he keeps his feet on, as long as he, uh, I want him to keep reaching for the stars, keeps his feet on the ground. He's gonna be fine. Keeps paying you that wee fee to help him get some gigs. Maybe, maybe uh-huh. then uh, he will make it. Or, or first name Sham, last name Payne. Uh, mm-hmm. Just saying, because first name Sham, last name Payne is someone who I think we might be seeing at WrestleCade. Matt Hardy, right, yeah. the because, Rock's former personal assistant. Yes, we've got the twenty-five year anniversary of Omega panel at WrestleCade on the Sunday morning. Yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun, man. I'm pumped for it. You know, uh, myself and Queen Rebecca, we're going to jump in the car. We're going to drive up to Winston-Salem, 100 miles away, and you're going to be there, John. Uh, We're going to see some of the old Omega cast. It's it's going to be a lot of fun. And then I'm going to be signing the day of the show at WrestleCade, and I uh, have offered to wrestle, and I will be on the WrestleCade card at some point. And it's going to be really interesting to see who I end up fighting. I'm coming with an open contract. WrestleCade.com slash tickets. Get your ticket now. We really want you to be at this Omega panel because it's going to be very, very special. And uh, honestly, I'm sure you haven't seen a lot of those guys in years. I I haven't. I mean, it's going to be very significant. And, you know, it's going to end up being an Extreme Life of Matt Hardy podcast as well. So, like, I I think it's going to be very cool. Just to kind of sit back and reminisce with those guys is going to be so enjoyable. I'm I'm so looking forward. And uh, once again... Whoever's out there, I want the best of the best. Matt Hardy has an open contract for WrestleCade. So I'm going to be signing autographs during the day. And then uh, once the, the main card happens at WrestleCade, I am going to be on that show with an open contract. It was funny. I posted the graphic that they shared with us this week where it was you and I. And someone's like, wait, I thought this was a match announcement for a second. I was like, yeah, no, I don't know about that. I think <laughs> yeah, I did see that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Matt's got more pressing matters. And it's so fascinating that you say, oh, I got an open contract and everything because well, you know, we, we're part of the Conrad Cinematic Universe, as I like sure. to call it. Conrad and his bazillion podcasts that are under the, the brand. Conrad. The Podfather. The Podfather himself. And one of his best podcasts, frankly, is My World with Jeff Jarrett, a guy who is now your co-worker. We talked about a few weeks ago here on this podcast. And it's also a guy that you have some WrestleCade history with. I was listening to My World this past week. And something caught my he, eye. He, he, he mentioned me. I, I got a couple mentions that he yeah. mentioned me on the podcast, right? What, yeah. What he say? What he I, can actually, I can actually play the clip. I pulled it up here. So uh, take a listen. Almost everybody else is who's on our network, whether it's Eric Bischoff or Tony Schiavone or Matt Hardy or Kurt Angle. It's a who's who. You can see them all, but be sure to check out My World Live with surprise guests. WrestleCade.com forward slash tickets. You were talking about, Mike, what did you say in Ric Flair's career? What, what, what was your line? And, you ended Ric Flair and Sting's career in a handful of months. Well, well I was going to say, but at WrestleCade weekend, when you uh, were mentioning, I had uh, a match against Matt Hardy a few years ago. And busted his ass open, son. That that that, uh, that could have ended his career. <laughs> Jesus, I took his head off. Should have ended his career. Just phenomenal stuff. Let's talk about... So, that was a little bit of an offhanded comment. What do you make of that? Um, well, I, I, I think it's no secret. Everybody knows that uh, Matt Hardy and Jeff Jarrett don't exchange Christmas cards, you know, during the holiday season. Um, and uh, that night at Russellcade, when he busted me open, uh, I can't go into detail how pissed off Rebby was because instead of driving the 100 miles back home, we ended up being in the hospital all night. So uh, she she's not a big fan of of Jeff Jarrett in general. But, uh, you know, I, I work with an AW, and it is what it is. I'm fine. I, I don't harbor resentment towards anyone because I just you – know, that stuff will make you sick. But right. Right. 
the, the one thing I, I do want to say is that that night at WrestleCade, uh, when he split me open and I had to go to the hospital and end up getting 30 stitches or whatever it was, uh, we, I never had another singles match with Jeff Jarrett. So, uh, he got a reprieve that night. Hmm. Did you guys ever talk about it? No, no. I mean, we, uh, we, we, we can coexist and, and work together, but we, we really don't talk about things. We just kind of both do our, do our own things. It's hmm. kind of it. So well, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm very surprised he actually even mentioned my name and like, uh, and, yeah. and brought that up. I mean, it's almost like he was trying to call me out to a degree, trying to, trying to bait me. Uh, but I'm, I'm not going to go in here and, and, and say negative things about him because I'm not a negative person. And, you know, the past is the past and is what it is. But uh, he's lucky we never had a return match because he, he got a reprieve. I'll leave it at that. Well, like I said, I think Jeff Jarrett is doing great work right now. He's in great shape. He's going to be on the AEW pay-per-view. He is, John. One thing I will give him credit for, which something we have very much in common. We're both survivalists, right? We're like cockroaches. They haven't been able to kill us off yet. We've had long runs in the business, and we always seem to – uh, be able to maintain a significant standing in some company at, at some point. And, you know, we're not afraid to go out and, and work the indies and bust our ass and, and reinvent ourselves or, or whatever. So I will give him credit for that. I mean, Jeff Jarrett is much like Matt Hardy. He will not die. Yeah. I, I just know you pretty well. And I know you're not a, not the type of guy that would ever really throw someone under the bus for something that they did in the past. I know you're uh let's, confront things put it in the past beyond us kind of yeah. guy and yeah i don't know just it it strikes my interest hearing you kind of say that there's some stuff that's a little unsettled there so that's just my point of view just a little interesting so yeah. uh we'll see wrestlecade you got that open contract as you said it's nice to have an open contract rather than one owned by the firm so that's that's a good thing oh, yeah. <laughs> um WrestleCade, got this done before my firm contract so i can definitely do it i don't have to deal with that annoying ethan page or that aggravating stokely hathaway stankly hathaway Stankly Hathaway. that is an all-timer i'm i'm all about that <laughs> um uh let's talk about after aside from wrestlecade we've got the aw full gear pay-per-view this weekend okay. uh it should be an excellent show i'll be there it's in jersey MJF versus John Moxley main event could be a big time crowning moment for MJF. Who are you calling on that one, John? I think this is MJF's moment. I think this is it. I think this is the time to crown the guy, the champion, and and see just how big of a draw this man is. I think that's going to be the biggest tell of everything. Is right. What kind of numbers does this pay per view do with MJF featured as the guy? John Moxley has main evented pay per views before. We know CM Punk's not in the equation anymore. So MJF is here to sink or swim as a main event guy. And I think this is going to be a big tell for him. How do you feel about that? I, I do too. I, uh, I feel like it's MJF's time. And it, it's, yeah. it's very interesting, especially where the, the pay-per-view is, is located in Newark, not too far from his home base, right? Um, mm -hmm. He's been doing great work. He is an extremely talented young man. And he is a guy that is going to be the future of AEW for a long time. I think so. Even as much as he jokes around, my contract's coming up and they want me up north, brother. You know, they want me at the E. You know, I think he's going to be the uh, the face of AEW for a very long time. I would agree with that as well. I'm also very excited for Soraya and her in-ring return against your good pal, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Thought yeah. great 
hell of a promo on Dynamite. And I think it's very important for AEW to showcase women's feuds that aren't related to a championship. I think that has been an area of weakness for AEW. So when you can have a really strong program like what Soraya and Britt Baker have had, I think that does the division a, a lot of good. Any thoughts on that match in particular? I, I mean, I agree with you. And it is nice to see them just highlighted because of their stardom, you know, and that's why they're going to have the match. But uh, their promos the last couple of weeks have been really strong. And I think they've really talked a lot of people into buying a ticket to want to see this match. Mm -hmm. And then the elite making their return. We got the elite the versus elite, the, the elite, the elite, the, the elite. Now you can let all the trolls get mad again. Oh my God, Matt Hardy. Just kisses up to the elite. I think, to wanna be, I think you want to be, I think you want to be in the elite, truthfully. I, I would be in the elite. Maybe I will. <laughs> Maybe That's I'll be the one who, uh, you know, maybe I'm the one who recovered them after they were deleted. That's going to be on Reddit. There's going to be a link to a story. And it's going to say Matt Hardy, colon, I want to be in the elite. So just yeah. get ready for that. I'm just giving you. But, but, but they click my headline. Matt Hardy <laughs> wants to be in the elite. I'm just giving you that full warning. Anything no, to look, anything to save your career, Matt Hardy, your dwindling anything, career. Anything, anything, anything to, uh, to not kill the cockroach. <laughs> But you're excited to see your boys back in action. That match against Death Triangle should be one hell of a match. Very much so, man. I, 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 I'm I pumped for that match. And, uh, you know, I, whoever wins that match, I am going to say this right here and right now, though. Between the Death Triangle and the Elite, uh, myself and Private Party, the Hardy Party, we are really focusing on these six-man tags right now, these uh, these trio matches. And uh, we, we want to come looking for those titles. I'm going to go ahead and say that right now. Whoever wins that match, we want to come looking for those titles. You guys are starting to get your chemistry down again after a while of not tagging together. Things are starting yes. to flow a little bit, and you are dead ass about that, and I'm very certain of that. So, hey, we'll see what happens. I, I think that's going to be a show-stealing match between Death Triangle and the Elite. And hundred percent. You look at the talent in that match. Oh, my God. It's, uh, it's overflowing. That is definitely going to be a, a show-stealer. Things are right in the world of AEW with the Elite back. That's, yeah. that's the way that I look at it. So I'm very excited to see them. Uh, and one other thing I just want to throw out there too, Matt, uh, I'm super, super grateful. After we talked about it last week, I had a ton of people hit me up about the Alba Media School. Right. They, they, heard it, they heard about it on the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy. And so many people that I've consulted with have had such great things to say about you. And I want to, because we got all of our advertisers that do promo codes and stuff. I want to do a special promo code. If you refer to having heard about the album media school from the extreme life of matt hardy i'm going to give you five percent off your session how about that we love a good deal all here right. there you the go. matt hardy we're so, all about will and dylan yes we that's are that's right albumediaschool.com go check that out reference the extreme life of matt hardy when you contact me and you will get five percent off your first session so i like cool it. stuff cool stuff there my friend we are talking survivor series 2000 on the extreme life of matt hardy this week we had an emotional episode last week about Eddie Guerrero. Anything you want to bow tie there real quick? Uh, no, I mean, it was I, – I, I love revisiting different time periods like that and even talking about the great moments. And, and it really jogs your mind, and it brings up these great memories that, that are just so nice to, to revisit and, and think about how much enjoyment Eddie Guerrero not only gave me as, as a friend and as a opponent or partner in the ring, but also just so many people across the world. He put so many smiles on faces and was just such a good dude. It's – so sad and tragic he left us early, but uh, I'm, I'm so glad we got to honor him last week with the podcast. Love seeing how many people responded with their fond memories about Eddie Guerrero. That's what we love to see here on the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy. This week, we've got conquistadors again, tables, chairs, oh my. 
Matt Hardy, hit us with your Matt fact. Matt fact, Matt will always prefer summer over winter. Boy, howdy, ain't that the truth. Now you're up in the Northeast, man. Uh, the, the last couple of days in North Carolina, I had to go outside wearing long sleeves, wearing a jacket, and I know we're going to be in the Northeast a lot coming up, and oh my God, I am not looking forward to that. I dread the wintertime. I am okay with the heat. Let me sweat. I am all good. Uh, I, li I like I like sweating. I'm, I'm okay with sweating, but th this cold is just too much to handle, man. Well, I'll be coming down to party country for WrestleCade. I'd like to note, Rebby said she couldn't wait to talk to me at WrestleCade. Now, <laughs> yeah. Whether that's a good context or a bad context, I don't know. But she said she couldn't wait to talk to me. So, <laughs> as uh, as we say, no horse. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we say. Uh, all right, let's get into it, Matt. So the last time we heard about Los Conquistadores was at No Mercy, where Los Conquistadores, who were totally not edging Christian, defeated you and Jeff Hardy for the tag team championship, and. We see some questionable tactics. There's some questionable body language shown from them. The next night, we go backstage on Raw, and Christian is laid out by the Dudley boys. So Edge decides that he will have to face the most menacing tag team of all time on his own for all the gold. And out Edge come Los alone. Yes, alone. The lone wolf, Edge. And out come Los Conquistadores. Something seems different about them if you're watching them, though. What'd you notice, John? Or did one of them all of a sudden develop Jimmy legs? Yeah, one of them had Jimmy legs. He was a little more stiff. <laughs> Something just seemed a little off. And even Edge is confused. The match starts. He's bowling one of them around. And then there's all of a sudden an inside cradle. And that pisses Edge off. And the next thing you know, we see poetry in motion, twist of fate, swanton, one, two, three. Did those guys do it good? They did very well. Oh, they, they, they emulated us? Very much so. JR calls the win and says, Ariba, I reckon. <laughs> and then, <laughs> in the what crowd, a Ariba, I reckon. And the crowd goes nuts for Los Conquistadores showing some Hardy Boy moves. Did you guys feel in that moment? They were big fans of the Hardys. They, they grew up watching the Hardys. They did. As performers, when you see the crowd starting to catch on to something there, how'd that feel? I mean, it's great when when they're when they're playing along. To me, I love in pro wrestling when the crowd is all in on the gig, you know, and they're playing along with that. That's what I think personally. Professional wrestling is his best. I, I'm big on the entertainment aspect of pro wrestling, and and I, I was good with that. I, I thought that was a fun little story that carried over through a couple of nights, whatever. But it was a lot of fun, and it is very much something that with this long iconic rivalry we'd had with Edge and Christian at this point, it is definitely where we would go all out, you know, and, and, and pull out all the stops to try and trick one another and, and get a better chess move. Well, at the top of the ramp, after you guys do your little conquistadores strut, which you love so much, you reveal yourselves as Los Conquistadores. And I'm, I'm describing this in detail because it's really complicated on the surface level. So Commissioner Foley comes out. He explains that camera crews caught Edge and Christian admitting that it was them under the outfits the night before. And for the sake of WWF records, he's going to count the win but he's also going to count yours as well. It is a lot of explaining to get to the point that you guys have won the tag team championships back after one night. But were you happy with the way that this was ultimately all paid off? 
Yeah, man. I mean, I, I'm good with it. I mean, they, they were trying to to bypass the fact that they didn't have any more tag team title shots, right? So they do it by, you know, donning the conquistador outfits and, and coming out and, and tricking us, and, and they win the titles back. And then they have their two stooges that were playing the conquistadors in the past that they thought were going to, to come out and then, you know, put them over for the titles very easily. Uh, you know, we take those guys out. You know, Christian did get laid out by the Dudley boys, and, and it was because he was actually hurt and couldn't compete that night. Uh, and then myself and Jeff, we don the kinky store outfits and we go back and then we went back our rifle titles and, and all is right in the world. And I'm, I'm good with it. I, I even dig the explanation and everything. I, I think, that, I think this pro wrestling is best. I was actually going to ask you that. Um, Christian did not compete in this because of the stinger he suffered the night before. Yeah. Yeah. He had to, I mean, nowadays, uh, you would probably be off five or six weeks because of that. I think he was off a week. So they, they didn't want to, to wrestle, you know, just immediately thereafter. So he, he had a little bit of time off. But it actually kind of works for the story. No, it does for the story. I mean, the 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 more it seems like Edge is so confident about you know going out and having a a, a one versus two handicap match against the Conquistadors, the tag team champions, you know, and then like the Hardy Boys obviously trick him, you know, by by coming out there. I, I think it works for all parties involved, you know, and it also doesn't make them look weak or bad or whatever, or or even dumb to the to the highest degree. It it just kind of makes makes sense all the way around. Did you guys like wearing those full body Conquistador suits? Uh, it, it, doing the reveal was real fun because the crowd reacted to it, and uh, and that that was a fun moment. I remember I enjoyed that a whole lot. Probably not crazy about wearing a full body spandex outfit, but uh, it, it was it was fun for the gig for sure. It, it was a, a fun little sidebar, you know, to do something that wasn't so serious where we could sure. have fun with it. Did the mask reek of spray paint still? Uh, no, I think it had dried by by this point, so we were we were good. Catch that story, ExtremeHardy.com in the archives, our No Mercy 2000 episode. Uh, Edge had to wear two spray, or, or, two masks, one of which was spray-painted, and he almost passed out from fumes. So and and, that, and, and that, that's one of the things. I know, like, today's wrestling fans, especially mm -hmm. in AEW, you know, they're 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 much more they want a much more sports centric product and, and whatnot you know and it is what it is and and i appreciate those people and i i you know I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with that i think it's you like what you like wrestling is very subjective right and uh that entertainment aspect of doing that that was one of the first times we really got to do a real fun bit like that when we did the the, the title transitions to the kinky stores which were edge and christian then back to the kinky stores which were matt and jeff hardy um I love that entertainment aspect. I wonder how that would go over today. How do you think, John? If that happened on AEW programming? On AEW programming? I, yeah, would people, people be fond of it? Initially, I'd say they wouldn't be into it, but then we've got the tag team champion scissoring daddy ass right now. So who's to say? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I would be down for doing it on AEW programming now. I mean, I, I am the guy who did Broken Matt Hardy, so you know, I, I'm all about the entertainment. Maybe AEW needs a little more of that stuff. I mean, I, 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 I don't think it would hurt. Yeah, I, I think it's pro wrestling. You, you want to build. You want to have these special moments. You want to have these uh, special scenarios where you, you make guys and they have this huge crowning achievement moment, right? <clears throat> but also, I feel like pro wrestling just can't take itself too serious. And there's some people that are just su such trolling, annoying, uh, just, just, just trolls online they're just like yeah. oh my god you did this it's ridiculous it's absurd dude pro wrestling is what it is and it's kind of it's entertainment and it, to a degree it's ridiculous in itself you know and, and you can make stuff serious but we can't forget that at the end of the day it is entertainment and i am i'm, I'm down with entertainment man 
meanwhile, if those same people ran into Danhausen in the airport, they'd freak out. So, of course, of course. <laughs> it'd be a very nice and a very evil encounter for what it's worth. <laughs> He's looking real evil these days. You seeing those pictures of him? Yeah, yeah. He, he seems to be morphing a little mm. bit. He's about to become a damaged Danhausen, I think. <laughs> damaged Danhausen. I like that. His, his I just new made that up right now. I hadn't even thought about that. So. I, be I, better, I, better, I better trademark that before he gets I was say, hey, buddy, just so you know, if the internet says damage Dan Housen at you, if they throw that at you, just know, I know where I can... <laughs> And you're going you're gonna to have to pay big money, Matt, for it. Just wee-fee. That's just all. A wee. Just a little wee-fee. So that Monday Night Raw episode is also notable because that is the same day that Yokozuna actually died. Mm. One of the greatest big men ever. And an icon of early 90s wrestling. I'm curious, did you have any interactions with him in your enhancement days? Or even for that matter, what you and Jeff thought of him as you guys were just starting to break into pro wrestling as he was on the rise? I mean, he 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 was. He was very quiet, uh, very soft-spoken. Him and Undertaker were like best friends. I think a lot yep. of people know he was a big part of Taker's clip. And I, they would roll around his clip like gangsters. I remember them coming into the dressing room, like just look super cool. Like they'd been out all night, you know, hanging out or partying or doing doing whatever they were doing. But y- Yokozuna was, was very friendly. There was one time specifically, I remember, where Jeff had a match with Owen Hart. And it's when Owen and Yoko were, were tagging too. And at the end of the match, after Owen beat Jeff, Yoko was going to do the, you know, sit on him and squash him in the corner right and i remember uh jeff was like oh man i you know i hope that's okay i hope that's okay and i remember yoko said yeah after you have the match i'll do this i'll drag you i'll position you and he said just tighten up he said don't worry little brother it's gonna be easy he said you you good he said you good with me don't worry it's gonna be easy and it was jeff said it was like super duper easy and just depending on you know if there was someone that he maybe thought was a menace he might stiffen it up a little bit you know so in some scenarios especially back in those days you know, if someone likes you, they usually take care of you. But if you have an issue with someone, ooh, it can be a little tough. It'll come. Uh, it's going to come a little more, a little more stiff. Had Jeff feeling a little uh, oozy that day, just a little yeah. oozy. Jeff was feeling a little oozy. You got it. Oozy, <laughs> easy, oozy. You a big fan of what Sami Zayn's doing right now? Yeah, I, I, I'm. I'm really not up to speed on it, yeah. but I, I I do know it's extremely over. I see a lot of clips, you know, mm-hmm. whenever I'm like you know scrolling through social media or whatever. So yeah, and, and uh, I, I like I like Sami Zayn. He was so much fun. He, he he is one of the most amazing people just to have a, a common conversation with. He is such yep. a su- such a converser. You know, he he just loves to talk. He'll talk to you for hours. You know, so he, he's a he, he's a fun guy, man. So I'm glad he's doing well for himself. There are few people in wrestling who have the depth of understanding of the in-ring aspect and the entertainment aspect in the way that Sami Zayn has. So I'm big, big Sami Zayn guy. He's the Larry David of pro wrestling right now, and I'm very, very into that. So very cool. Yeah, that's a a great compliment you just paid him. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's uh, he's he's rocking and rolling right now. Big Sami Zayn guy. Uh, cool story about Yoko. I like that. I, I wish we got to see more of Yoko as the years went on uh bruce pritchard tells a great story how he went to a barbecue at the undertaker's house one time in the mid 90s and undertaker had to get a special food for yoko because yoko had a special request and it was fried turkey ass you would take (laughs) the turkey ass fry it up and just bite on into it and that was yokozuna's favorite snack there you have it. So he, he loved eating himself some turkey ass. <laughs> 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 totally 
Uh, this is also the week that Bret Hart is released from WCW, and he effectively retires from wrestling. We talked oh, a little bit. It's a noteworthy week, huh? Yeah, we talked a little bit about Bret on our Matt Rushmore episode, but he's just 43 years old when he steps away here due to health issues. Do you think that had he stayed healthy, he would have had another run in WWE as an active in-ring performer? I, I, I would, I would speculate yes. Uh, if he would have went to WCW, I think, especially towards the end, I mean, if WCW goes down the same path, you know, there's always a what if things could have changed or whatever, but if they go down the same path and then Brett ends up being free, I'm sure he would have come back to kind of like make the peace with Vince earlier and, and probably being healthier and had one last run and go out before Hall of Fame. That, that would have been my guess. Yeah. We just passed the anniversary of the screw job, which is also just insane. It was 25 at 25 years since the yeah. anniversary of the screw job. I don't, One I don't, of the things people just can't stop talking about. I don't think I've ever even asked you about the screw job. Were were you at the show? No, no. We oh. we were doing a lot of extra work at the time. But you know, that that being in Montreal, we we weren't there. They didn't floss in in, in gotcha. that, 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 week, okay. that loop. Yeah, it just we, we were there shortly thereafter and we did see there were there were a lot of uh a lot of attitudes and there were a lot of emotions that were, that were running on high, you know, people, people were pretty shaken up about it. It was, it was a big deal and it bothered a lot of people. And it was a huge shakeup for WWE. And uh, you got to give Vince credit. He was a genius. He made the most of it. And, you know, this what really set business on fire following that. And that once again shows that, that Vince is a genius. Uh, created the Vince McMahon character on TV, Mr. McMahon. So that yeah. was, he, he leaned into it. That's mm -hmm. what the people thought. They, they'd already took that narrative and they were going to paint him into it. And, Instead of trying to convince them that he's not a bad guy, he said, all right, fuck it. I'll be the bad guy. Yeah. And that's what you have to do. Yeah, it's a shame we never got Bret Hart versus Kurt Angle in WWE or, or matches like that we could have seen. Oh. out of, yeah. We never got Bret Hart versus The Rock that we all got to know. Right. Bret Hart versus The Game. Could have been a lot of really great matches we could have seen out of him. But alas, it's another what if. Yeah. So on SmackDown that week, Edge and Christian interfere with the Dudleys match against you guys. Edge and Christian hit the Dudleys with chairs. So the Dudleys win via DQ. And also going on this week, I found this in the research. On October 25th, WWE runs five short matches across the street from the New York uh -huh. Stock Exchange yeah. uh, to commemorate the one year anniversary of WWF going public. The street was reportedly jammed for this one-hour show, and most of the matches weren't really anything, except the one match that gets credit from the Observer for like actually trying to do something is uh, you guys versus Lowdown. Do you have any recollections of wrestling on the streets of New York City? Yeah, I do, and once in a while I'll see those clips. They'll come through my social media, whatever. But, but I remember thinking it was like a really weird deal, and I don't even know if you have the date there that it was on, but I remember we're like... 25th. Do you know what day that was, though? Oh, um, or November 25th, it would have been. Um, because uh, I, I, I remember thinking, like, God, we got to work an extra day or whatever it was. But but it, it was kind of fun because it was such a different experience, you know, and, and we went out and tried to make the most of it. So it was, it was kind of wild just being out of our element, not being in an arena, you know, where there's all these people around that are, like, kind of uh, – half-ass wrestling fans, you know, and we're just doing our thing there to celebrate the the stock of WWE. I, I think it was a Saturday. Oh, okay. Well, 
there you have it. Maybe we must have been put on that instead of the house show. I would I would probably guess there was a house show there indeed. So uh, on that same day, and we, we were probably uh, bothered by it because we knew our payday wasn't going to be as good. Is is my guess maybe <laughs> because this was like a, a a freebie, you know, in front of a bunch of fair weather fans. I like that, uh, but I mean that's a weird environment to even be working in, right? Yeah. And and you're not getting anything to feed off the crowd with at all. I just I, I remember the scenery was real cool. Just being in New York City with all these buildings around you, just kind of like looking around. It felt very, felt very surreal. You know, just that we're wrestling in a street in downtown New York City, and it's like jammed with fans all around it. And you Backwoods see all this Carolina boys, right? Yeah, back North Carolina boys wrestling on Wall Street. There you have it. Wild. It's like uh, the very so- first, one of the very first loops actually that uh, we did. In New York, uh, house show loops back in in '99 was at MSG. We we knocked MSG out pretty early. This is back when we were Hardy Boys wearing the ties, right? And uh, I'll never forget we were riding with with Scott Taylor, Scotty Tuati, and uh, I got the rental car. And as we're driving uh, through, uh, we drive through the tunnel into New York City, and just fucking the way the traffic changed, the way the cabs were all over. The, I was like, holy shit, what is this? Like I've never seen anything like that. The first time I I, I got through the tunnel. And drove in New York City. It was intimidating as hell. I will say that. I got used to it as, as time goes on later. But holy shit, it's a it's a it's a different deal there, brother. When you're if, when you're in New York City, if there's a fender bender, you just keep going. There's no yeah. stopping. You you aren't pulling over. It's just keep going. Maybe yeah. grab the license plate and then just keep going. So yeah, driving in New York City absolutely sucks. And you said those were the hardy tight stays. Yeah, is that correct. That is correct. You were in great shape back then, weren't you, Matt Hardy? I was. I was in great shape. And I also looked good because I was willing and ready to use my Manscaped. And they took is care that, of me. They gave you like a Greek god back in the day when I was young. Is that so? That is so, John. Well, let me tell you this. It's never too early to play holiday music. And it's never yeah. too early to start thinking about gifts, whether it's for a friend or the friends in your pants, those tights perhaps, those hardy tights. Yeah. You can make this a season to be jolly with Manscaped. Do your little drummer boy a favor and use the Lawn Mower 4.0, or as we refer to it here, the Mower of Lawns 4.0. The Mower of Lawns 4.0. You can use that to avoid another silent night in the bedroom. And then you add in Manscaped's top-of-the-line shower products to have the people thinking, all I want for Christmas is you. Santa cares about his sack, so so should you. And after you use that weed whacker, the bedroom will be anything but silent, John. I can promise you that. (laughs) Speaking from experience. Yeah, that's so. Well, you can look nice when you get naughty by going to manscaped.com and use code HARDY for free shipping and 20% off. Manscaped Platinum Package 4.0 is the one-stop shop for the man who deserves it all. It has everything needed to help you deck the halls from face to balls just in time to get that special kiss under the mistletoe this season. Uh, you you guys a mistletoe family? Rebby strikes me absolutely as a mistletoe bitch. She's gonna have some mistletoe stuff around, no okay. doubt about it. She she she's she's into the program. Okay, just she she understood the assignment. The platinum package has each product from the best selling performance package plus ultra premium body wash, ultra premium two in one shampoo and conditioner, which you know your boy cares a lot about, and ultra premium deodorant. It's the best way to smell fresh from your Santa hat. All the way down to your candy cane. 
The lawnmower 4.0 body trimmer and the weed whacker nose and ear hair trimmer feature proprietary advanced skin safe technology to protect your delicate presence. Plus, both are waterproof, so there's no issue cleaning or clearing the snow out of your driveway. And as Matt Hardy said, that weed whacker comes in good hand, does it not, my friend, with all that snow all around there? It does, and I'm very happy. It's, it's waterproof. I actually used it in the bathtub last night. You know, there's nothing better than uh, taking a bunch of bumps on one night and soaking in the hot tub. And then on top of soaking your body, it's like you're multitasking because you can use your weed whacker and you can clean up as well. There you go. Well, there's also a 4,000K LED light on it so you can light the way like Rudolph. And now that you've groomed your candy cane, it's time to make sure you don't smell like a reindeer with the Platinum Package's shower products. All of Manscaped shower gear is sulfate-free, vegan, and made to have your skin feeling hydrated and smelling fresh but smelling good doesn't stop at the shower the crop preserver ball deodorant and crop reviver ball toner can it solve stank problems all day long you hear that stankly hathaway <laughs> once they touch your stack you will never go back i promise Bam. you that you can get 20 percent off and free shipping from manscaped with the code hardy at manscaped.com that's 20 percent off with free shipping at manscaped.com use code hardy Matt Hardy, I know you told Santa directly this year you want all the Manscaped products. Is that correct? Everything. I want two of everything. That's all two? I want from uh, Chris Kringle, yeah. Interesting. Well, that's I'm my wife one as well. She'll appreciate it also. <laughs> well, that's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use that code, Hardy. Manscaped, get your jingle balls ready for the holidays. And we thank them for sponsoring the extreme life of Matt Hardy. I think you have to look forward to Manscaped Reads every single week on this podcast. They're enjoyable. (laughs) They are great. No doubt about that. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. Let's keep trudging on here, Matt Hardy. On the ensuing Raw, uh, we see right to censor. They did an interview, mainly Ivory, ripping on Lita for her underwear showing, her thong showing, the whale tail, if you will, leading to Good Father and Bold Buchanan and Ivory defeating you guys and Lita when Jeff had given Ivory the swanton bomb, but Steven Richards kicked Jeff off and put Ivory on top for the pin. Let's talk a little bit about RTC, the right to censor. They came about after the Parents Television Council decided to protest WWE programming for violence and sexualization. What do you think of the concept of RTC? Um, I, I thought it was it was definitely a Vince McMahon move. You know, one of those things he had someone he had an issue with, and maybe it was uh, a little petty on Vince's behalf to do it. But uh, I, I was all about the, the pettiness, and I thought it was I thought it was pretty ballsy that Vince created that deal. I, I was I was pretty entertained by it because I, I totally knew the whole situation scenario that was going on. And Vince was like, oh yeah, you want to fuck with me? I'll fuck with you. And he created characters on TV to to parody them. And it's a strange cast of characters. Stephen Richards, Ivory, the good father, formerly the godfather, Val Venus, and Bull Buchanan. What do you think of all those people embracing this different side of them? And it was kind of ballsy in the sense that they took two very over mid-card characters like the godfather and Val Venus and, and turned them heel and stripped them 
of all those things that made them popular. What do you think of all that? I mean, yeah, they, they took the some of the biggest centers. I mean, a guy that's a pimp, you know, a guy that's a porn star, you know, and they baptize them. They, they whitewash them. And now they become the RTC, the right to censor. I, I, I do remember that they were, were dedicated to it. But I remember like when Godfather loved doing Godfather. Baby. Yeah. Uh, I remember he's like, oh God, I I hate they're stripping me of all that stuff and everything else, but you know, it's the gig, so I gotta commit to it. I gotta make it work as good as possible. And he was always too just like a, a, a super cool brother. So it was always uh always cool to, to interact and have matches with him and stuff. Even though like he didn't work our style, obviously. Now I, I feel like I would have focused more on just working a more basic fundamental wrestling match and like telling a good story. I think then myself and Jeff, we were still trying to do our stuff our wrestling style that we would do with the edge and Christians and the, the Dudleys and whatnot. And, and it didn't always work as good with those guys. It can't be understated how over the Godfather gimmick was. It yeah. was some of the biggest pops of the night. Yeah. On any massively, over, massively over. And, and it's because of his character. And that was, that, that's why that got over so huge. Did you ever ride the Ho train? Uh, I have never read the, uh, I've never rode the Ho train. Hmm. That was wholesome, Matt Hardy, back then. Uh, yeah, yeah. So before, this, before this business fucked me all up. <laughs> no hose allowed on the extreme life. The extreme Matt life of Matt Hardy is a no hose zone. <laughs> the ho the train does not ride through the extreme life of Matt Hardy or Cameron, North Carolina. <laughs> I promise you that. Uh, the right to censor theme song. Is that the most annoying heat-seeking theme of all time? It was a, a very heat-seeking song. Possibly so. <laughs> it's up there. Just blaring sirens. Ugh, my goodness. Well, on the next week on Raw, uh, Bull Buchanan and Godfather win the tag team championships from the Hardys. Of course they do. During this match, I'm reading this from the Wrestling Observer because this is such a fever dream and... <laughs> All something of WWE at the time. Ready? Here we go. During this match, Jerry Lawler got the message out to vote as Jim Ross asked him who he was voting for. And Lawler said he'd never vote for Al Gore because Al Gore and Joe Lieberman could be card carrying members of the right to censor. Ross did that fake WWF apology as if it wasn't supposed to slip out. And then even more slyly, without quite saying so, level headed JR pretty much said he didn't disagree. Uh, there you have it, WWE getting political. The 2000 election, man. Uh, <laughs> one of the most controversial elections in United States history. And we've got Jerry Lawler and Jim Ross giving their opinions over the years on Monday Night Raw. Uh, there's a ref bump where Jeff hits the Swanton Buchanan. There's no ref. Edge and Christian do a run-in, but you clean house on them. And then Steven Richards hits Jeff with one of the belts as he was doing poetry in motion. The good father pinned him, and the right to censor are the new tag team champions. So you guys just got these belts back. You dropped them for one night. Two right. weeks later, you're dropping them again, this time to right to censor with more Gaga. Now, I understand wrestling mentality here. The idea, the idea is that the talent make the belts, and the belts don't make the title. The belts don't make the talent. But how can you even make the titles when there's so much hot potatoing going on and nobody's able to get a lengthy good run under that. I mean, I, I'm still, Vince was a big advocate of like the, the titles help make the talent, you know, like when we first won the titles from the APA, 
we obviously weren't like the best tag team in the world, but it was to give us a rub and to give us credibility. And then once we got over, I mean, Vince would say to us all the time on all these, well, you guys are over. Having these titles on you, it doesn't do anything. I mean, no, it's not growing any business. I mean, you're, you're the champions, but you don't need them. People are going to pay to see you. They're going to buy your merchandise. You don't have to be the champions. Damn it. We need it on a hill to piss people off. And that way they'll, they'll, they'll spend more money to buy more tickets to, to, to come to the arena to see you whip these hills ass and hopefully win the titles back. But you don't need the titles because you're over. You're over. It's a gift. That's kind of a curse, too. Oh, yeah, it's a gift and a curse, but you don't need them, damn it. Look at your royalty checks and tell me it's a curse, you son of a bitch. You know, I, I could I – could, that, that was a little bit of a, a fabricated conversation with this man, but that, that was his mindset. That's kind of what he was thinking. We did get those talks. We 100% got those talks about – you know, you don't need the titles because you're over. Um, and and he, he did. That was Vince's mindset. And he was a big adv- advocate for that. I mean, the, when the RTC started getting, like, legitimate heat and people really hated them and despised them, then I, I just see money in Vince's eyes. He's like, I put the title on those guys, and people are going to pay to see the Hardys or the Dudley Boys or whoever, like, win the titles back and beat these guys. You know, and that, that was always kind of the old school mentality. And I think wrestling's changed a lot now, you know. But it was always then, like, usually the, the champion is the heel – and you want a babyface chasing. That was always the mentality back then. I think now that people look at the business, especially the diehards, look at the business in a little bit of a different perspective. Uh, I feel like now it's it's changed a little bit. They 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 do want to see someone, and they want to see someone have a credible reign. Did he ever tell you look at the royalty checks? Uh, yes, he did. Okay. He said you guys are over. He said you're blessed. You should look at the royalty checks. And it's hard to refute that. I mean, it's, I mean, there were there were several times we got. Royalty checks that were six digits. So they, it, it is hard to review that. Well, and I, and I, I, I wasn't going to be bitching about it. You said 2000 was the year you guys just made an insane amount of money based off your downside guarantee, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, okay. our, down, our downside guarantee was $75,000 and we made about a million. Not too shabby. Yeah, not too, not too shabby. Must, must be nice. <laughs> Whatever, 13, 14 times. Yeah. Your guarantee. Later that night, the Dudleys beat Edge and Christian in a tables match when you guys come out. Lita gives Christian the flying Hurricane Rana, dazing him for the 3D through the table. Christian always took the 3D. Edge wasn't the one taking the 3D. It was always Christian taking the 3D, especially if it was through a table. Uh, After the match, Jeff puts Edge through a table with a swanton off the top rope outside the ring. So we are incorporating mutual hatred of Edge and Christian to bring this oddball pairing of the Dudley boys and the Hardy boys together. What do you think of that creative? Uh, interesting. I mean, I, I think it worked, you know, in, in the big scheme of things. But I, I also felt like they, they wanted to keep us attached and kind of in the same conversation because they, they were still making plans for WrestleMania. And the first TLC was such a huge success. We were already talking at that point that we were going to do it down the down the road, and and WrestleMania 17 was going to be that date, right? So, I, I think they wanted us to keep us on the same conversation. Uh, they wanted us to all kind of do our different things and kind of go in different directions and whatnot, and try and stay fresh by by not being all together. But they didn't want to stray us too far apart because we we're going to have the big rematch, which they they really figured was a big money match. On SmackDown, you have your 1600th match with Edge and Christian. You guys win clean, so that's good news. Uh, then on Raw, you guys and Lita defeat the good father Buchanan and Ivory via DQ in about where if Ivory was pinned, she lost the women's title. And if 
Goodfather and Bull Buchanan were pinned, they lost the tag team titles. This is a very 2000s WWF stipulation here. Right. Uh, the recap says a lot of good near falls before the heels were DQ'd when Goodfather pulled the ref out of the ring to stop the count, which was a real weak finish. It must be hell to work in that outfit Ivory has to wear in the ring, in particular that long skirt with the high heeled boots, and she injured her ankle trying to do so. Uh, what do you there, think? There, of the- there was a point in time, I just want to add, sorry to get yeah. off show. There was a point in time where we used to pull the ref out a lot, just like mm-hmm. for a boss finish and, and, and to get away with it. And we did that several times in matches with, you know, ENC and with the Dudleys as well. But Vince, like, really wanted to start, like, taking care of the refs at this time. There, there was a point where he's like, no, we don't need this and too many ref bumps and do whatever, which is, is cool. And I get that, especially, you know, in this day and age. And I remember they just made the deal. They were talking about a pull. They said, no, that's going to be a DQ now because that was like Vince's new edict that he was talking about. So that, mm-hmm. that is why that came to happen, you know, and still at the end of the day, it's a very downer for a finish, right. You know, but, but, but Vince was on a big trip about protecting the referees and, and keeping them credible at that time. But again, this is also an era where DQ finishes are abound on any show. There are so many you're, you're yeah. guaranteed to get at least two DQ finishes on any Monday night Raw or SmackDown at this time. And as you know, I fucking hate DQ finishes with every fiber of my body. So Stuff like that was really annoying at this time as a consumer, but I get I get the protecting the ref. I understand that. But I want to ask, I, I want to give Ivory her flowers, a WWE Hall of Famer. She really embraced so many different things and the right to censor Ivory, which we even saw at this year's Royal Rumble return, uh, which was a cool little throwback. Uh, what do you think of the work she was doing at this time? I, it was good, and she was she was all in, man. Ivory is just such a fun human being in general. Uh, every time you're around her, she's going to be laughing, she's going to be joking. Uh, she she was she was all in on it, and and she really enjoyed it. She she was out like having the time of her life doing it. So she was she was fully committed, which I can definitely appreciate. Anybody who fully committed to their act, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so these matches are happening. You've uh, a few weeks now. You've been having these matches, and believe it or not. Your matches against the right to censor are actually some of the highest viewed segments on Raw or SmackDown. Whenever the Hardy Boys and right to censor mix it up, people are paying attention. What and that say? is why Vince put the titles on them. There you go. I was going to ask you, what do you think of your chemistry working-wise with the right to censor, and why do you think people tuned in? Uh, do you think it was just people enjoyed seeing the heat? Uh, I, I, I think... People disliked them so much that they wanted to see someone else beat them. They, they did not want them to be the champions, you know, and it went back to the, the old school thought process of like have someone that the, the people legitimately hate and have baby faces chase them and they, they want to see the payoff when it's all said and done. Our, our chemistry with him, we always got along great with, with Godfather, with Goodfather. He, he was always cool. I, looking back in hindsight right now, being the worker I am today as opposed to the worker I was then, I would have definitely – tried not to as incorporate some of our crazier hotspots with him and, and just kept it more fundamental, more basic. Uh, Bull Buchanan was a very athletic guy and he yeah. did a lot of stuff for a big guy. And, and we kind of enjoyed wrestling with him. Um, our, our chemistry with these guys w- was good. It wasn't going to be on the edge of Christian Dudley's level. Sure. Though. It was great like that, but, but, but it was good. And, and they were enjoyable to work with. They like, did you like, did you like working with Alvinas? Uh, yeah, yeah, Val, Val, Val was fine, especially in, in those days. Yeah, Val, Val was good to work with. He was a very yeah. solid worker at that point. Yeah, okay. And it's, I, I always thought you guys had good chemistry with them, so uh, that all seems to check out in my book. On SmackDown, 
you and the Dudleys defeat the Good Father Buchanan, Venus, and Richards when you pin the Good Father after Dudleys hit a 3D and Jeff did a Swanton right to censor attack them after that match. Uh, I want to ask you about the dynamic changing with you guys and the Dudley boys, because they've been your opponents for the entire year, pretty much dating back all the way to Royal Rumble. You've worked a ton of matches together as opponents. Does the dynamic change when you're teaming as partners? Are you learning more things about Bubba and Devon as performers, as you're teaming with them versus facing them? I I mean, I I think, People like it when we team together because the whole concept of the three-team angle with all the stuff we did from the original ladder match as we started the podcast with, you know, to the tables match, to WrestleMania 2000, to the first TLC, people, we were established and we will always be interconnected. Anytime you you talk about the Hardys, you're going to talk about Edge and Christian and you're going to talk about the Dudleys. So whenever we would team, it was like, people like yeah, these are two of our favorites. We love seeing them together. So it, it, it didn't change a lot of things. I mean, obviously – just putting them in a babyface role. They tried to keep a little bit of their edge so that they didn't lose like the Dudley boy edge that they had, but it, it was always enjoyable. It was always fun. And, and people always bought into it. Whenever myself and Jeff teamed up with Edge and Christian or whenever myself and uh, Jeff teamed up with the Dudleys, people always seemed to like it because they had a lot of respect for all the things we had done together with one another. Well, also on this week, the company puts tickets on sales for WrestleMania X seven, which is going to be in Houston As we know, that night is going to become one of the biggest nights of your career. It might be our most requested episode, and I promise you guys that is coming in the spring of 2023, TLC2. It's going to be uh, one of our premier episodes on this podcast, and I can't wait to talk about it with you. But I want to read this quick excerpt here from The Observer. It says, in only the first day tickets were put on sale for the event, the World Wrestling Federation's WrestleMania X7 has already become the biggest grossing pro wrestling event ever held in the United States. Tickets for the event, which will take place April 1st at the Astrodome, were put on sale on November 11th, and by the end of business day, had sold 48,395 tickets for $2,706,680. Nearly 50,000 tickets. On day one, keep in mind, this is not when people can just log on to Ticketmaster and buy tickets. Right. Knowing that that was around the corner, seeing the success of ticket sales. And this is the first time WWE is running a stadium WrestleMania in a long time. Yeah. How much anticipation is there for talent that, oh, my goodness, that date is coming up? We, we, I mean, we were definitely excited about that. We were excited to be doing the Astrodome. It was going to be a huge show, and we knew there was going to be tens of thousands of tens of thousands of people there. Um, and, and we were excited. And, and, and I, I know it had been on the, you know, drawing board, you know, that they were, we were talking about doing a TLC too. And that's why they tried to keep us somewhat connected together, like in, in different ways, even though we're all kind of going in different directions and having our sidebar rivalries and programs. They want to keep us connected because they want to bring us back together for that night. And we were excited for it. When do you remember first hearing word that they were going to do a TLC too? Uh, I, I feel like shortly after TLC one, I, I feel like w- within the first couple of weeks, I'm like, wow, that was such a success. Like we should really continue to keep these yeah. people kind of interconnected to a degree. So they're, they're, they're tied to one another and we should do another match an even bigger match a rematch at WrestleMania. We think that'll be something that'll help sell tickets. And obviously they had a lot of tickets that were willing to sell for that event. So, you know, the, the, the more big matches you can put on the better. And that was, that was one hell of a show, man. WrestleMania 17 was a, was an epic event. 
on you had a few months to prepare for it to keep your body in shape and the way you keep your body in shape these days matt hardy is of course by taking your daily dose of ag1 presented by athletic greens and what is this stuff well one delicious scoop of ag1 you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins minerals whole food source superfoods probiotics and adaptogens to help start your day right this special blend of ingredients supports your gut health your nervous system your immune system your energy recovery focus aging all of those things Say what the crowd in in the crowd in Bridgeport, Connecticut, on AEW this week could have used a little AG one to give them a little more energy because I felt they were a little low. I know uh, you, you got a lot of pep in your step. I can definitely tell you took your AG one this morning. Boy, howdy, did I take my AG ones today, and I am feeling real good right now. That's because it's lifestyle friendly. Whether I eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy free, gluten free, it contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything, while still tasting good. And supports better sleep quality, recovery, mental clarity, alertness. It's one of of the things with the best things. Athletic Greens uses the best of the best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. Tons of people take some kind of multivitamin, Matt. And it's important to choose one with high-quality ingredients that your body's actually going to absorb. And this is a small micro habit with big-time benefits. It's one thing you can do every single day to take great care of yourself. How do you incorporate AG1 into your daily routine, Matt? It is the first thing I get up and drink in the morning. The first thing I do when I get up, I mix up my AG1, and it's very simple, and it tastes great as well. Take that. I take my fat burner. I let that uh, set for a little bit, a little pre-workout, and then I go do cardio. That's how my day starts every single day. I can't recommend AG1 enough. Well, right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That is it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D. And how many free travel packs, Matt Hardy? Five, cinco, five, cinco, five free travel packs. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash Hardy. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash Hardy to take ownership over your health, pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance, and we thank them for sponsoring the extreme life of Matt Hardy. And I thank you, AG1, for keeping me running like a smooth machine. Mm, That's why the Hardy party's got a little extra pep in the step, huh? Right, yeah. Next thing you know, we'll see you whipping out those moonsaults. It won't be long. I'm ready for it. I mean, I'm going to have to do something. I mean, I can't do the twist of fate now. So Moonsault would be an, you know, would be an okay finish. I think I'd love to see you get incorporated into gin and juice. <laughs> I think it's a badass finisher. Yeah. Uh, so I'd like to see you uh, perhaps maybe switching out with Isaiah or Mark and right. being part of one aspect of that. Just throwing that out there. Survivor series 2000. It's you and the Dudleys against right to censor and edge and Christian. Card didn't sell out well in advance, but it was sold out day of the show. 16533 in the building and a gate of $778,990 and another $114,352 in merchandise. Just wild stuff, man. And this is where those merchandise checks are coming in for you. Appreciate those merchandise checks. Look at them. Oh, yeah. I hope you're checking your royalty checks. Yeah. (laughs) We know you ain't getting them from Peacock. But anyway. (laughs) Uh, this is a pretty significant show for a couple of angles literally edge and christian and kurt angle did an interview early in the night edge and christian thought kurt was going to ask for their help against the undertaker this is kurt's first big title defense after winning the championship at no mercy so they did their gimmick of faking illnesses classic clp move if you will Uh, indeed uh christian claimed he had mono 
but Kurt said he didn't I, eat there. What happened to a better guy? <laughs> Kurt invited them to a non-alcoholic post-match celebration afterwards, and he would retain his WWF championship that night with help from his brother, Eric, who looked exactly like him. Did you ever get to talk to Eric? You ever get to meet Eric? I know you knew Kurt coming up through the Funkin' Dojo. And what do you think of the whole twin magic angle we see in wrestling? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I did. We Eric would once in a while pop up at TV, especially if we were like in, in Kurt's neck of the woods, the Philly area, whatever. I mean, uh, Pittsburgh area. So uh, I did meet him, interact with him a little bit. I, I really, I didn't know they were doing that gig in the Undertaker match. So it was a huge pop. It was very surprising whenever whenever they did that because they kind of kept that on the DL. So that was cool, and it was a good utilization of them. It was something different and uh, and the perfect way for, for Kurt Angle to beat The Undertaker. Eric had a life-saving kidney transplant earlier this year, so yes. sending him all the best. And he, he owned it. Look, dude's not a pro wrestler, and he took a vicious last ride in that match. So uh, I give him a lot of credit there. Uh, what, do you, what would you rather take, a last ride or a tombstone? Uh, a tombstone. That's what I thought. Okay, just making sure. That yeah. last one was pretty vicious. Uh, so we are getting to the Survivor Series four-on-four match here. Before we cue up the cock, uh, what did you think of the Survivor Series elimination concept? It was such a staple of WWE pay-per-views for so long. Uh, I imagine you and Jeff probably had some nostalgia for it. We did. We were uh, we were big Survivor Series fans growing up, watching it. It was always interesting, like, all these different larger-than-life big personalities. Who's going to be able to team with who? Like, I remember we loved it when it was the Ultimate Warrior, the Road Warriors, and who who else was on the team? That was a team that we loved so much, a very unique team. But the, the unique combinations of, of these larger-than-life personalities, something that you've never seen before, was always fun to watch in Survivor Series. And I think I think Survivor, Survivor Series is a, is a unique tool also for just showing, like, uh, the team playing chess, you know, trying to outsmart their opponents, whatever it may be, because at the end of the day, survival is, is how you win. And it was also a, a very good platform for like getting over, you know, moves that weren't necessarily finishes, because I, I think as we're going to see in this match, you know, there's a uh, edge who uses the education, right. On me, you know, and, and, and makes it a finish, makes it legitimate. You know, it would be a great place to like use a side effect and beat somebody with it because you need to use different moves and, and different variants to, not repeat yourself over and over and not do, you know, the same finish four times or whatever. So it was also a good platform to try, try to make moves because anytime you can use a move and beat somebody with a move, it, it helps establish that move. The other member of the Warriors was the Texas Tornado. Carried ah, on yes, yes, the Warriors. That was a team we were very hyped, hyped for. We, we, we really liked all those guys. They defeated the perfect team, Mr. Perfect, Back, Smash, and Crush. Yeah, it's okay. Survivor Series 1990. So here you are 10 years later. Right. wrestling on this card on peacock my friends if you would like to watch along with us you certainly don't have to you can just enjoy our commentary of it it is 155 45 on peacock 155 45 season 14 episode 1 155 45 i'm going to give you a five second countdown and we will enjoy this match are you ready matt yes and this is the most prepared i've ever been i've got it on the exact mark i love it I feel responsible. We're queuing up the cock in five, four, three, two, one, go. I could get you to just pop yep. the audio down there. Perfect. Uh, Even so with, uh, with the the mute button on, it's still playing, brother. We we don't need uh <laughs> we don't need Paul and company coming out for that that shitty Edge and Christian theme coming out. <laughs> 
Um, no, I, I am uh, I, I am good with just still collecting those royalty checks, even though they don't really pay me for this peacock shit. It's true. Uh, it's amazing. They asked, do you think you, you know me? Did you think you knew them at the time? I, I think I think we knew them pretty well, okay. yeah. I just wanted to make sure on that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, the glasses, the nice sunglasses. Glasses. Nice glasses, asshole. <laughs> I mean, there's just, there is just something about Christian when you look at his face, it just pisses you off. Uh, again, blue dot, man. <laughs> the blue dot story is so funny. Look at these yeah. guys. One of my favorite things about 2099 WWE, the lower thirds, half the time they were lowercase text because that was like a trendy thing to do mm. uh, in, in that era. So notice when you guys make your entrance and the Dudley boys make your entrance, it's all in lowercase because it's too cool to use proper punctuation. <laughs> I love the fact that these guys look like they just came from like a, a lake and they've just been baptizing people. You know, they're, they're, they're heads of the cult. And they've been out baptizing people to, to follow their lead, the RTC. They very much had that vibe. They had a very cultish vibe to them. Here's the Hardy Boys. Look at that lower bo- lower case text right there. That's a good call. I've never really yeah. thought about that. Mm-hmm. These are things that people who have no lives pick up on. So, <laughs> yeah. There's uh, there's Jeff uh, sporting some merch. We're trying to sell a few more shirts. Yeah, Jeff Jeff wrestling in a long sleeve shirt. That's that's something else. I, I would I would imagine he's going to take it off. Does he? I don't, I don't remember. I, I don't remember this match at all. I haven't watched this in okay. probably 20 years. Hey, how Maybe. great was that Dudley Boys opening pyro there, man? What oh, was, yeah. the ceiling. Uh, having that a little trademark sound at the very beginning of your music was a big deal. You know, the, the glass breaking, you know, that, that was a huge deal that would really get acts over. And that was very cool that they, they dressed up the Dudleys like that. People always knew that was them. <laughs> It's cool too. Even like I, I can see already, we're we're acting like we're a little tense, but we're going to work and we're going to be on the same page to, to make sure to get the job done that we got to do tonight. Who would hype up the Dudley Boys between their team? Was was one more reserved than the other right before a match? How would they get themselves ready to go? I, I know Jeff would always do his yelling in the tunnel right before he'd go out. You'd do some push ups, some stretches, and stuff. How they prepare for matches? Um, I mean. Pretty similar, I think. Uh, I mean, of the two of them, I would say probably Devon was the most laid back. Bubba was probably a little more tense, you know. But but Bubba didn't do anything crazy. He had no like crazy traditions, no crazy rituals. I'm gonna give you. Uh, is your boy Mike Kyoto? Mike Kyoto is the referee. <laughs> there you have it. That popped you in the video. It, it did. Oh, it really did. Yeah. Is his, his uh. His personality always pops me. Kyoto is just a character in general. Oh, Anything, yeah. anyhow, I just just see him. I just start to pop. Maybe we'll have to get him on the podcast one day and tell some stories from the road. He'd be a fun yeah. one. He's a Jersey guy. He is. He is a Jersey guy. Yeah. Uh, uh, funny story. Whenever uh, Bulba Cannon had first signed with uh, WWF, WWE, there was a point where there was this. Uh, Indie territory out in Western North Carolina, which had TV. It was called NCW, National Championship Wrestling, if I'm not mistaken. But they kind of like emulated an ECW type product. Mm-hmm. And uh, like our crew did all the shows. And, and Jeff and I, we obviously were a huge, huge part of, you know, their show. And they like built up where they would sell these bars. There'd be like three or 400 people there every night. We did a big deal where he came in on an angle and, uh, and, and put us through a table. And we thought, oh, that's real cool. We're going to do an angle with the WWE guys right when he was first starting. So we knew him and he's from the South. So. It was uh, it was always always cool interacting with him because we kind of had like our, our upbringing and 
raising being raised in the south uh similarities john cena's sidekick b squared p squared yeah and his son is in nxt yeah yeah i, I do i do remember that devon was running really fast there it was funny <laughs> a young healthy devon always like seeing healthy devon yeah he was god Godfather too, just such such a great character, and he, he really was just as a wrestler. He was very solid, just with the fundamental stuff. Was Godfather a JBL guy? Uh, you mean did he like JBL? Did, did did they did they roll together? Uh, they they didn't necessarily roll together. I mean, he he was he, he you know he, he was fine with them, but okay. I mean, God, Godfather uh, and, and Taker they were like you know best pals. Right. Right, so Yokozuna right. was in that mix. They, they were all there, but he once again just like a just a fucking cool dude. You know what I mean? Like yeah. when you're young and you see guys like him, you're like whoa, like what a cool dude. You know, like like really like living his best life. I was just because they personality wise, it seems like it would have been either oil and water or it would have been a perfect fit. I, I, I'm just trying to get a gauge on that. Here you are, cleaning house, Spitfire over here. Look at you. Yeah. That, now that I'm like dominating everyone, that uh. That looks like the sleeper nightbreaker. Haven't done that in a while. Uh, it, it looks like something uh, bad is going to happen, and I think it is. <laughs> are you are you telegraphing something here, Matt? <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I'm just uh, I'm just I'm going by what I did in the ring so early in the match. Okay. Do you genuinely remember how this plays out, or no? Uh, I don't. Okay. I guess we'll have uh, to let like it play this. out. Yeah, four man DDT. That's fun. Yeah. We were we were into those. Team Extreme would would do a lot of those things. Oh, there it goes. Look, there's the shirts. Look at that. Oh, that's great. I did not remember that, though, that we had the camouflage shirts. That's awesome. I've still got that shirt. i got to break that on AEW programming at some point. There you go. little ode to your buddies, and now they come off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the crowd comes wild. There you go. You might be losing the match, but take a look at those royalty checks. <laughs> Hung up on the rope with some cheating. And yeah, I think you might have been right there, Matt. <laughs> yeah, was actually, I, I, I like how we did that too, how I like kicked out right after three, but it's yeah. still like finished the move. It was just enough. You know what's amazing and, about that? Is that's a move you kick out of in every singles match you have with Edge. That's a move you kick out in every tag team match. But in this one, yeah, by God, it was enough. Even for like uh, WWE, like we we have a, a very fast pace going right now, and it looks like we're trying we're trying to get a lot of shit in. I was just about to bring that up to you. It it seems like someone was like, "All right, guys, let's let's keep it tight here, ten on the dot." And, and I think like looking back at this, you know, I came in, I did that comeback. They really wanted to shine me up as much as possible. We did where we took off the shirts that were over our tight Hardy Boy shirts, and then we took off those shirts to our skins. And it was like they we gave them, you know, like. The Hardy Boys' best hits, you know, before I was being eliminated, which is what you want to do. You want to hype that crowd up to to the, the the maximum potential and get them excited, like, "Yay, they're doing their stuff!" And then, uh, take it away. You know, that's what you're looking for, especially if you're beating a babyface early in the match. Unprettier, got it. And this is almost like one of those matches too, like a Survivor Series match. There has to be eliminations. You can't like overthink it too much. You know what I mean? Like. Trying to book everything smart and, uh, and and make it good, but you can't overthink it. Like people have to get beat in these matches. That that's what makes these matches work. Well, and I, what I like about the story here too is that it was one guy from each team that was eliminated. So Jeff and Bubba, who are not tag team partners, in fact, right. I venture to yeah. say they're enemies. They have to decide how can we get on the same page. 
Yes, I do agree. That 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 is a a, a smart booking decision. And uh, let's let's uh, let's see how much trademark. Oh man, he's <laughs> so smooth. He's so smooth. Yeah, incredibly smooth. That 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 move more than any other move. Like the positioning would always be different, or like just oh, I want a more hair, whatever. He was very particular with that move. He uh, some of this stuff reminds me a little bit of. Did you see? Did you watch closely what AR Fox did on Dynamite? I I saw the last half of the match. I want to say he's unbelievable, isn't he? I, I mean, when he did that deal, when he went up and did that, like uh, did a springboard and like inverted and went backwards in uh, a senton, it was super impressive, crazy impressive. I've I've worked many shows with AR Fox over the years, and there are few guys I've ever seen that physically can do what he can, and, and having him pair with top flight yeah Whew. yeah that was cool holy moly Dante I, 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 still blows my I, mind I, I could still I, I could see a lot of good things coming out of that that uh that three-man team they got a ton of potential yeah and it, it was crazy how like the, the crowd was so into that match you know what I mean it was I just I mean it just really is a good barometer of what wrestling fans like in this day and age here's Bubba back in big comeback there is Bubba Cannon bumping and feeding a big man that can bump and feed. There you go. Got him. Oh. <laughs> How about this? Bubba Ray Dudley getting some shine here. I don't know. This, it might not be looking good for Bubba. Might get a win, oh, but it, it looks like he's, uh, he's, he's, he's being shined up real strong right now. Ooh. Some miscommunication. A spear from Edge on Bull. And that's go. a three count, even though Bull's shoulder was up, but we're not going to talk about it. <laughs> he said, brother, I got to look strong. Can't be, I can't have my shoulders too flat. This All is right. the most cardio that uh, Bubba's gotten in a while here. Good stuff. Bubba, Bubba really has been uh, has been shining up quite a bit here. So this, this might could lead to something bad for him. Well, and they're doing like the comedy of eras. It's almost like the, the Three Stooges stuff here. They they did yeah they did a lot of misdirections for sure. So there we go. And especially we are- Edge, and Christians did, Edge and Christian did a misdirection to one another. I, I feel like if it happens between you know people that aren't regular teammates, it's it's one thing. It's different if it is a, a set team doing it to one another. Sure. Well, we are even now. It is the yeah. Good Father and Jeff versus Christian and, or is the Good Father and Christian versus Jeff yes. and Bubba. Oh, there is a lot going on here, Matt. Holy moly. Yeah, there was maybe maybe too many counters and reversals there. Well, there goes Bubba. There we go. So it's that squeaky clean baby face, Jeff Hardy. There we have it. And, and they I mean, they, they were they were uh, they were seeing that Jeff was very special in these days, too. And I, I and I, I don't even think like it was, you know, like, oh, let's have this guy you know, go alone against these two, you know, to, to really make them or whatever. But they, they did want to put some more equity into Jeff. I feel like, you know, they obviously were, were happy with what everybody was doing as, as a, as a tag. Let's see how these two here mesh after all the thousands of matches they've had together here. It's been like, uh, I know there's been a couple posts here already. And I know Jeff got that one where he's slid in his ribs on the post. 
Swanton. His Swanton was so easy and so light then. Before it was the, the Swanton before being the Crouton was uh, was really <laughs> And we are down to the Good Father and Jeff Hardy, Papa Shango and Willow the Wisp in the oh. ring, finishing up the Survivor Series match. Cue up uh, the ho train. <laughs> Is the ho train? Ooh, oh, misdirection. <laughs> boy, howdy! That was that was a bit of a cluster there. That uh, was interesting. It was, it was oh, but the Hardy Boys and the Dudley Boys get the win here. Right to censor again the heat on Jeff. Here's Bull. Here's St Stephen Richards. Thank you, Itchweed. Oh, the white pants were big heat always. The white pants, you know, of uh, of Val Venus. Of course. Money shot. <sighs> Hmm. And here we go. The baby has, we took a little bit of a long time to get there. Jeff has some friends after all. You did take a little bit of a while to get there. Twist of fate. Another twist of fate. Oh, couldn't happen to a better guy. <laughs> Do you have heat and, with Stephen Richards? No, not at all. Okay. 3D. Bam. And that's one of those things. And, and so in, in Vince's mind, right? We come back out and do this. Not only, I mean, did we technically win the match, but like we won the evening too. Like every every one of the Bay faces succeeded because we sent the crowd on that. And that, that's, how, that's how Vince sees it. Especially with this, the what's up. Yeah. Boom. What's up? Do you remember that commercial that, you know, they, of course. that inspired this? Of course. That what's up was spot was over as hell, man. <laughs> It was like the it. essence of 2000s pop culture. And now they tell you guys, get the tables. I think I got there. I pushed the mic. I pushed the shit out of Devon just a minute yeah. ago. Yeah, man. Almost pushed him over. Sorry, sorry, ever, brother. sorry, brother Devon. Did you ever take an errant was up? Um, You know, where they saw the work of the manscaping right up close in person? I, I don't remember one being terrible. That's, that's good. In, in all actuality, I don't remember, remember one being terrible. Because that could go wrong. It could. It could. And then all of a sudden, we don't have Maxwell and Wolfgang and... Yeah. Barty, Barbara. Oh, my God. What if? <laughs> Another what if, right? <laughs> Another terrible what if. Just think about just think about the future of wrestling with, with those, those four. It's crazy. All right. So It'd, the be, a shame. It'd be a shame if we deprived the world of those four. He really would. Oh, here we go. Lego oh. drop. Bob is doing the guns. Uh, that was I remember that leg drop too. Actually, it was a uh, very easy. Smash them with your ass and land on your feet. Ooh, yeah, I couldn't have felt too good. There we have it. The orgasmic stare. Crowd is up, buddy. They they are loving this. Yeah, we won. We all we all won. The Hardys and Dudleys won that match. That is. That is why it was booked like that, and that is what that was Vince's mindset following this. There you go. Oh, look at that face. Oh, this is great. <laughs> I love this. Yeah, I I, I enjoyed the post match, the afterward. Yeah. yeah. What did you think of the match itself? It was it was okay. Yeah. Uh, a little bit rushed. Uh, it was okay. There, there were some things that, once again, uh, working with those guys with the RTC. I, I think there's. Some things we could have not tried to dress up and complicate more. Maybe could have kept it more simple, more fundamental. 
uh, you know, there was a couple times where they were doing all those reversals and whatnot, and it was, uh, you know, got got a little clunky in there, but it, it was okay in the big scheme of things. Yeah, Dave gives it two and three quarter stars. He puts it over the post match. He says the post match is a lot of fun. Everyone really enjoyed it, and it was. So, yeah. I'm, all in all, Matt, a good piece of business as far as I'm concerned. And you don't uh, think it's a good piece of business? Take a look at those already chicks. That's right. This that's night, though. Line now from Vince. Yeah, I mean, let's put it on a t-shirt, baby. Boxergimmicks.com. Yeah. <laughs> right. Let it play out. Look at the royalty checks. Yeah. We'll have all these things. Boxergimmicks.com. Get your Extreme Life Matt Hardy t-shirts. Uh, but there's one more thing on the show, Matt. The night is perhaps best known for being the night that Stone Cold Steve Austin literally murdered Triple H by dropping him in a car from a forklift suspended in the air as retribution for having him run over a year earlier. Uh, I sent you this clip. Did you get a chance to watch it? Oh, yeah, I watched it. What would you think of that in hindsight? <laughs> um, I'm the guy who did Broken Matt Hardy. And uh, it was Steve's <laughs> big return and payoff, so I'm okay with it. I found it entertaining. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean that was a visceral killing yeah. of Triple H. Who was the the, the only the only worst visceral killing I can think of is when Vincent Man's limo blew up. <laughs> Very true, and uh, amazingly, he was back on television two weeks later. It's just crazy. So wrestling is a wild world. Uh, at the end of the day, Matt. But sure, uh, I, how, how did you feel about it, John? The Triple H murder. Yes, yes, the Triple H homicide. Uh, I just it, it was so car crash no pun intended car crash television which was all the rage at the time and yeah you have to remember subculture late 90s early 2000s car crash tv is everything cops is one of the biggest shows on television there was literally a show on tnn called crash tv and that's what it was all based around so i understood that it was just very soap opera-y, which, again, pro wrestling is a soap opera in its own right. Yes. Uh, it was very soap opera-y. No, Austin, don't do it. No, you don't got to think about it, Steve. You don't have to do it. <laughs> and uh, their big blow-off match is a no contest, and the pay-per-view goes off the air as, as a no contest. So, <laughs> Kind of a microcosm of that era. Yeah, yeah. It was, I mean... Uh... Growing up, I, I, I loved a lot of the craziness that came with pro wrestling. So, once again, I, I get it. I mean, I, I don't look at pro wrestling like it's a legitimate sport. I, I look at it as this entertainment. So, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm okay with it. I just found it crazy that Triple H, the man with three H's, it took longer for him to recover from torn quads than it did for him to recover from being smushed from a car being dropped from a forklift. There you have it. I know he, he, it, it must have been a lot of great luck in the way he you know positioned himself in the floorboard yeah you know, he, he, knew, he, he knew how to take the bump. Minimal, minimal damages yeah he knew how to take the bump it was yeah. uh or you threw him in the lake of reincarnation perhaps even Who's maybe yeah Who's I, I, I like bagged him up in a big trash bag and dumped him in the lake and he came back out in one piece <laughs> this is a fun episode matt i really enjoyed it uh i i look at this era of wwe very fondly even though yeah. I may sound like I complain every week when we talk about this. I'm like, why did we do this? Why did we do this? It is, it is great nostalgia for me because this is my true era growing up as a wrestling fan, seeing this. Exactly, yeah. uh, and it seems like it's a fond time to look back on for you, too. 
Yeah, it is. It, it really enjoyable. I mean, this is, you know, just that point where we really became established and we were just living our best life. We were living our dream and it was just so much fun. Man. Next week, we are going to fast forward a few years. We okay. are going to go to the year 2006. And the year 2006, Matt, is when your brother Jeff would return to the company after being away for four years. Mm-hmm. And we will take a look at what came of your run then when Jeff Hardy reunited the Hardy Boys for the first time in uh, about four and a half years. Is there anything you can give us as a sneak preview at what we can hear, expect to hear from that time period? Uh, you know, once again, uh, this story's been told many times, but it was Jeff overcoming demons, you know in the past and, and he did. And I remember he came back and, and I was so happy and so, so proud of him. And uh, we were really riding high again. And it was one of the periods where I feel like the Hardys were probably the most over they've ever been. And then Jeff, especially later on in the, in the following couple of years got, you know, incredibly over where he was like one, maybe the most over it sometimes maybe the most over on the company. And that's what we'll talk about how that time period was used as a launching pad for him to really step yeah. into that next degree of superstardom and how it set you on your path to have your mid card title run that we started to talk about last uh, a couple weeks ago with MVP and the United States championship and all that great stuff. So uh, I'm looking forward to that episode. And again, guys, if you love the extreme life of Matt Hardy, you go into the archives, you check out extremehardy.com, and you can help us out every single week by leaving that five Cinco five Cinco five star review like this excellent one left by, and I apologize if I'm mispronouncing this Jack sequest, J E K C. QC. I could have just been a typo. Who's to say? <laughs> but I say it is absolutely wonderful. This show is very entertaining, but one of my favorite things is both John and Matt have very calming tones. Driving home on a daily two-hour commute in gridlock traffic goes much smoother when I listen to them just talk. Thank you for a great weekly show. Also, give me the Ocho versus the Cinco for the oh. ROH title, please. Ocho How versus the Cinco. Ocho v. Cinco. You've never held the Ring of Honor World Championship, Matt. I haven't. I challenged for it a couple times, but uh, I haven't held it. Could that, that be something happen. on the horizon? The Ocho versus the Senko? Of course. Anything is a, a possibility. I mean, mm-hmm. in pro wrestling, never say never. That's very true. Uh, anything else you'd like to add this week, Matt? Uh, no, this was. This was a, a fun show. And once again, thank you for that great re- review early. And, and all you guys who support the show week in and week out, we both thank you so much. And continue leaving those reviews. Continue supporting us. We're, we're growing little by little. This is a very grassroots movement. Uh, it's myself, it's John, and you guys now. So please uh, keep checking us out. And if you have someone that's a wrestling fan, tell them about the podcast. And we want to keep growing this brand. And, and we want to keep making great podcasts and putting out great content for you. So thank you for supporting us. And continue to leave those five Cinco, five, Cinco, five-star reviews. For what it's worth, Sean Ross Sapp said on Fightful the other day, he thought the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy was the pro wrestling podcast of 2022. So, oh, okay. Uh, just, just, just a thought there, guys, as we hit this okay. year-end mark. Just, uh, Thank you, SRS. Yes. So he said the quality was unmatched, and I don't disagree with him on that behalf. And again, guys, leave those five-star reviews. We will make sure that we pick a winner to earn one of those free T-shirts from BoxerGimmicks.com. And yeah, that does it for us this week here, Matt. I'm uh, looking forward to chatting you up next week. Have a great weekend with Full Gear. Hopefully I get to see you here in Jersey. And we will see all of you next week 
right here on the Extreme Life of Matt Hardy. The words have been spoken. Adios. I feel strongly that saving money is important. You know, if it's not something we worry about now, boy, we are really going to worry about it later. And I want to help you get out of debt faster and do it with cheaper monthly payments. I'm talking to you if you're in a 30 year loan. Now is the time to take years off of your loan. We're routinely helping our listeners cut five, 10, even 15 years off their loan. And you can do this without perfect credit with no money out of pocket. You've just got to start at savewithconrad.com.